0: Heyo! We are Fantasy on Draft, the FOD. Welcome to episode numero 9. I'm NMFL with my co-host, Miyagi Pocock. Yo, what up? Here we are at week 9. Week 8 was quite a week. There was a lot going on, and it has continued into week 9 with some of the news so far, stuff that's going on. We're going to get into news and notes around the NFL. We'll talk some injuries, maybe some regrettable decisions or people that just sucked for us. Our six pack of the week will be some fun stats from around football. And we'll give you some matchups to take advantage of. But
1: first, let's get into our beer of the day. Miyagi, what are we drinking? So uh, today we are embracing the uh, winter coming right down on us, and we're drinking the uh, Founders KBS. And this is a special run of KBS. KBS is their Kentucky breakfast stout. They release it every year. It's one of the world-class imperial stouts that's been aged in uh, bourbon barrels. And this one we have, and it's uh, got um, some uh, Mackinac fudge coffee and maple syrup added to it. And if you don't know about Mackinac fudge, they're like world-class, like fudgery, if if that's a word. Love a good fudgery. (laughs) Everybody's looking for a good fudgery this time of year. Um, just like I fudged that word right out of my brain. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really expensive fudge. Um, it's really rich. Same with a beer. Uh, it's delicious. I, i I look forward to this beer every year and they're, they're coming up with some more v- fun variants of it too. Like we have a cinnamon and vanilla one coming up here soon too. So yeah, cheers to that. Cheers, yeah. KBS used to be
0: kind of a big whale, right? It used to be there wasn't a lot going out of the breweries. It's uh, Founders Brewery Michigan. Yep, exactly. And uh, used to not have a lot coming out. About four or five years ago, they started kind of sending it out everywhere, making big batches. Yeah, exactly. It's been nice uh, for us as stout connoisseurs to grab bottles, hoard them, let them sit in the cellar for, you know, a year or two and then try them again. That's (laughs) <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. Welcome back. We had to pause for a minute. We both took a a taste of our beer and it was the wrong beer and it tasted awful for the beer notes that we had going on for this beer.
1: Um, I don't even know what that was. What type of beer so was the, that? We, we, we drank another Founders beer and the tap handles are right next to each other. So, um, what, what we drank was the Lizard of Cause, which is an imperial stout w- aged with blueberries. Blueberries. It was Blue,
0: way yeah. too sweet Oh, me. yeah, yeah. I and hated it, it.
1: Couldn't understand why I hated it, it so bad. It, like, I, I could taste it right off the bat. Like, there's something fruity about this beer, which absolutely should not be in KBS. So, um, yeah, I just started laughing. We had to, we had to pause and, and get a good laugh on that one. But we did pour ourselves the correct beer now and holy shit, what a difference. Oh man, the, the KBS is amazing. It is a beer.
0: I As soon as I tasted the real thing, I understood why I would search out the bottles and why I would hang on to them and why we would open them at beer shares and everything. The chocolatey goodness is great. I thought that the first beer, the wrong beer, the blueberries I thought were the maple and like it didn't yeah. taste right and it was too sweet. But this works. This works. The fudge is really good. The yep. maple works really good. Yep. Obviously, it's barrel-aged, so it's a great beer.
1: Yeah, and, and I really enjoy that they don't overpower it with the maple um, because they have another beer, the, C- the uh, CBS, um, which Canadian breakfast out, and they maple the shit out of that one, which is what you would expect from that beer. So I was, I was hoping they weren't going to do that with this one. So came out great.
0: Yeah. Great beer. Uh, it is it is around a lot of places now. They do distribute a lot of places. So if you see uh, KBS by Founders, if you like stouts, give it a shot. If you don't like stouts, give it a shot. Learn to love them. They're great. Uh, we forgot to mention it's 12.1% ABV, so it is a big beer, um, but it's fun to drink. And definitely something you can share with friends, not maybe drink a whole bottle, even though now they do come in 12-ounce yeah, bottles. Exactly. They used to be 750 milliliters, but now they're 12. Also, they're at Founders Brewing on social medias. Check them out. Let's dive into this week's news and notes. There's a lot going on this week. We're going to start off with Henry Ruggs. Um, Henry Ruggs, as a lot of people have heard, had a DUI that caused a woman's death. Uh, News has now come out that he was impaired at a 0.161, which is double the legal limit in Nevada, and was driving speeds at 150 miles per hour um he was going 127 miles per hour when his airbags deployed they also found a loaded gun in his car and just sounds like sad for everyone involved i mean he did what he did and that's not good don't drink and drive you know especially in the nfl where you can you can get a car to come pick you up you can get a ride but for everybody out
1: there don't drink and drive what just a sad story yeah it's it's sad all around man like uh, we we were talking a lot about it the day it happened and and um you know d- not to glaze over the 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 woman who lost her life and um tragically her dog as well and I'm a dog person that hurts to hear um but you know we're we're a football podcast and a fantasy football podcast and and it's just to, to think of somebody in his entire family who's kind of helped this dude come up his entire life, going to high school games, college games, everything, not getting paid, make it to the NFL, by all accounts, um, looking like he's going to be a star, and then just fuck it all off with some stupid decision. Like they have a service. Every NFL, the NFL in its entirety has a service where you can call and get a free ride, no questions asked. Um, you know, we were talking about, we, we know somebody who's on the, uh, equipment management staff of, of the Raiders exactly and um, you know they would go pick him up at, in a heartbeat like no questions asked. so to make this stupid fucking decision to go driving around at 3:30. nothing good happens at 3:30 in the morning anyway. And, you know, with a new sports team being in Las Vegas, I, I kind of expect them to throw the book at them. And it, and it just, yeah, it, it sucks. It fucking sucks. Don't drink and drive, dipshit. Yeah, don't drink and drive, especially
0: nowadays. Get an Uber, get a Lyft, call a taxi. If you're in Chico, call me. Yeah. Um, if I can't get you there because I'm drunk myself, I'll find somebody, I'll help yeah. you out. Yeah. Let's, let's, no drinking and driving, everybody. Calvin Ridley. He was inactive this game, kind of surprisingly, and then he um, put out a statement that he's stepping away from football. He's going to concentrate on his mental health. He says he's not quite in a good place mentally, and he's going to step away for a little while. I applaud him. I feel like we sit back and we stare at our screens of our fantasy football players and, you know... (laughs) There was even a post I saw on Facebook where someone, you know, said what are, what, to all the, you know, Calvin Ridley owners, what are you doing? And somebody else posted, like, Calvin Ridley managers. Yeah. You know? And, <laughs> yeah. and that, you know, is nitpicky, but it, I feel like we do that sometimes. We sit back and we look at these guys and they owe us a good game. And exactly. they owe us, you know, all this practice time. And they owe us, you know, because they're millionaires and they get to play a game. Well, No they have a lot of the same problems that we have and i hope that he can step away and find the help he needs and get in, a, in a, his head in the right place and if he wants to come back when he's ready that's great if he doesn't I'll, I'll applaud him for that as well
1: yeah yeah it's it's tough and it sounds like it was surrounding a lot of uh death in the family kind of all right at the same time and and, you know, none of us have been in those, those shoes that he's going through. Everybody has had death in their family at one point or another, but every, every case is specific. And if, if this dude needs to take some time away, and you know that's not an easy decision, it's not something that's just like, oh, screw it, I'm gonna walk away uh, from football I've worked my whole life on as I'm playing in a, con- a contract year where this is gonna be his first big contract. Um, that's not an easy decision so if it's pushed to that then that means it's something very serious he has to work through and and take your time man. mental health is pinnacle yeah mental
0: health is very important let's uh, all just let him be let's let him get himself healthy and he doesn't owe us anything when he's ready he'll hopefully come back and if not we'll we'll deal with that too Um, just for the fantasy landscape I actually made a trade with you uh, right after that happened to acquire Calvin Ridley yeah um, so I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, he will sit for, you know, even if he sits this whole entire year, I'm okay with it. It's a dynasty league. So, yeah. you know, comes back when he's ready and when his, his head is right.
1: Yeah. Which ironically enough, last week, right before
0: our podcast, I had traded for him. Somebody said true. True. Offer, so Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID-19. He had told people basically that he was Im- immuna, immunized, yeah, uh, not vaccinated. Um, he had used the word immunized. Um, it appears that he underwent an alternative homeopathic treatment for COVID-19 before the season started. He says this was to boost his antibody levels. He tried to petition the NFL to let him be considered vaccinated, but they said no. So according to the NFL, he is unvaccinated. So he has to be out uh, 14 days, has to go on the 10th day. He has to have no symptoms and test negative. But it sounds like the earliest he can come back is Saturday before next week's game. So he's definitely missing this week. No questions asked. There's nothing he can do there. And next
1: week's game's in question too yeah I was thinking Saturday is a really really close push because there's a lot of loops he's gonna have to jump through with the like you're saying no um side effects or showing symptoms and then the negative tests uh leading up to that game too so I wouldn't be shocked to, to see him out you know for two weeks and then especially if you know Jordan Love comes in this week against the Chiefs defense that just fucking sucks and you know, does does anything? If he, especially if he lights a world on fire and just like blows up, but you know, there he they wouldn't be in a big rush to bring him back next week, especially after all um, this extra shit he's he's putting him through. You know.
0: Yeah, I think for our fantasy, we all hope that he comes back right away and can play for us. But I think we got to remember too that his health is important, and hopefully, he he can come through this healthy and and get better quick. And but yeah, it seems it just seems weird. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Thomas, he had a setback with his ankle. He put out a statement saying that he is done for the year. He's not going to come back this year. Uh, I think it's going to be something like now he'll have played eight games in two years or something like that. Or that might even be high. I, don't I think know the that's the exact number. But. Yeah, I
1: think that's high. Because he had, he had a couple of games last season at the beginning of the season, came back for a few, and then left again. And um, you know, I try to, in, injuries are part of football, and I I don't like injury-prone, and I don't like um, designating people at that, and I don't like holding people's injuries against him because it's an incredibly physical game that I get to watch sitting on my ass in, in PJs, you know? But uh, this guy's just frustrating the shit out of me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, In any redraft
0: leagues that you have, if you've been holding on to him, if he's been in your IR spot or if he's, God forbid, been on your bench this whole time, cut him, get rid of him. You know, you don't need him. He's gone for the rest of this season. Um, If you have him in dynasty leagues, you're going to hang on to him. He was the number one wide receiver just two years ago, so you're going to keep him. But, yeah, definitely frustrating. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. was excused from practice Wednesday. He was actually excused from practice again today on Thursday, um, dealing with a lot of negativity from his family, basically. His dad posted an ins- on Instagram, he posted an 11-minute video of all the times that OBJ was getting open and uh, Baker was not throwing it to him, claiming that Baker was doing it on purpose, claiming that Baker wants to make sure he doesn't succeed. Um, also posted some hashtag big facts when comments uh, said Baker was mediocre.
1: Just sounds like a weird, weird incident. Yeah, it, it sucks when, when family gets involved and, and they put a negative aspect on everything. And, you know, it's his dad so you can kind of see where OBJ got it from because he's done some of this stuff himself. Uh, in the past, I, I don't recall anything in the in the recent future. But he's been known to be a diva and just kind of when he doesn't get his way, throw people under the bus and talk trash about it, his teammates and everything. But I mean, it like what the what the hell are they signing him for then? If if they're not going to play him or if they're going to deliberately not target him, and like what does his dad hope to accomplish with that too? It's,
0: yeah, from what I was reading, it sounds like the Browns are looking into cutting him. Yeah. Which is going to cost them eight million dollars? That's his guaranteed money this year. It also sounds like they're talking about possibly just uh, using a roster spot and going from fifty-three players a week to fifty-two players and just not putting him on, in the game. Maybe old Deshaun did, Watson, huh? Did you see any of the the Baker? How Baker talked about it and how Baker handled it? I didn't. It? I didn't see any of that. No. Like a G. Yeah. Just, I mean, mentioned how he's like, I know his father. His father and I have talked personally about how bad we want, you know, Odell Beckham to succeed. I want Odell Beckham to succeed. There's no reason for me to not throw the ball to an open receiver when all I want to do is win. Yeah. You know, just talked about how he would love to have an open conversation, would love to sit down and talk. You know, the only thing he cares about is he wants to win. He wants to succeed. There's just handled it. Great. I mean, I am a huge Baker Mayfield fan. I love Baker. I don't know
1: how you can't be. He's great. Yeah, and, you know, for all of Baker's antics and everything in college and people have kind of been, you know, turned off by, you know, some of his attitude and everything like that, like the one thing that you know for certain about Baker Mayfield is he wants to win it. No matter what. He he doesn't hold personal vendettas on anybody on his team. He does hold personal vendettas against teams that are playing against him because he wants to beat them. Um, Like, anything he needs to do to win, he's going to do, like within the scope of of the rules, hopefully. So to to say he's not targeting who's supposed to be one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL because of some personal vendetta was just stupid in the first place. So I'm glad he handled it the way he did. Um, because that's it doesn't it, it's baseless. Like. Yeah, and and his antics in college are
0: all stuff that we all did in college.
1: Oh, I laughed my ass off. I out, mean, man. you know,
0: Johnny Manziel used to do some stupid <laughs> yeah. shit and cross the line. Baker just, uh, I love Baker. I know a couple people out there don't. You're wrong. You're stupid. Nobody <laughs> likes you but Fumble. <laughs> Another thing that I did see that the Browns is uh, a couple teammates came out and have anonymously said that they don't like that obj always goes for the one-handed catch yeah um there was a pass specifically this week thrown his way he only went up with one arm Uh or one hand didn't make the catch looked like a touchdown yeah looks like he could have caught it Uh, you know i'm not there that's easy to say when you're sitting again and your pjs watching the game but uh teammates did did come out and say that Let's get into some injury news. Lots of injuries this week. Lots of big players, which is a bummer. The top one, our favorite, podcast favorite, King Henry, Derrick Henry, Jones fracture in his foot, um, already had surgery and is out seven to 10 weeks. It says the average NFL player when with this injury misses eight and a half weeks. What a bummer.
1: Yeah. Um, I love that you threw average NFL player in there um, because when you use that word, there is hope that Henry could come back earlier than that. Um, We're talking about a dude who played the rest of the game on a a broken foot, and he wasn't productive, but they were still using him, and he wasn't shying away from running the ball. Um, So, you know, if, if he does come back in, like, say, six weeks or even five weeks, uh, he's still going to be a viable option for your playoffs if if you happen to hold on to your semifinals or even your championship matchup. I don't know how comfortable I'd be playing him coming right off of a foot fracture, but um, that's a lie. If he's available, I'm playing him for, for sure.
0: Yeah, I have him in a redraft league. I stuck him in my IR spot. I'm going to hang on to him to see what happens, but it is a bummer. They did sign Adrian Peterson. Um, he is going to play for them. I imagine he's going to, in my opinion, he's going to take over a lot of the handoffs, touches that Derrick Henry was getting. But I, you know, he's obviously not even close to what Derrick Henry is and yeah. won't put up numbers the same. But if you're in a hole, you need him. I think he'll consistently get you six to nine points a week, and if he scores a touchdown, you'll be,
1: you know, you'll be better off than if you're trying to play some other scrub. Yeah, exactly. He's like a good stop leak. You know, if you don't, you just need something to keep that position afloat while your other playmakers on your team can can hopefully get big boom games and win you without one position just sinking you. Yeah, I think AP will be that, that player for you. Exactly.
0: Jameis Winston tore his ACL. He was dragged down from behind, knee went out. He's out for the rest of the year. Bummer, he was having a decent year. James Robinson, he has a heel bruise and is questionable right now. When originally had the injury, they thought it was going to be a week to week injury. They're now looking day to day, but he is questionable. He's also playing Buffalo. So it may not be a great start anyway, but just keep an eye to see if if he, uh, if he comes off the questionable tag. Sam Darnold has a concussion. Miyagi, you actually just sent me a video of that hit. That was kind of crazy. He got, he got knocked pretty good. He's still in the concussion protocol. Keep an eye, but be prepared to pivot and super flex. And in one QB, just don't play him. Yeah. Corey Davis he plays well he's not going to play he's doubtful for tonight he has a hip injury not likely to play so don't plan on him with a thursday night game hopefully you have enough time to to find somebody else and play there um then a couple big names saquon barkley he looked like he was kind of getting ready to come back but now he's on the covid
1: list have you heard about this yeah so i i was i, I own or i uh have Barkley on, on quite a few of my teams and I was really looking forward to getting him back in the lineup. And by, you know, all accounts it looks like he was practicing again, looking like he was getting closer and closer to, to being able to play. And I thought this week I'd have him, And then, uh, yeah, the, the, the COVID test uh, came up and, and uh, he, he tested positive. So he's going to be out um, until he passes the same protocol. I do believe he was vaccinated so he could get back quicker.
0: Yeah. The way, um, the way I understand it is actually they had 12 of 13, people tested, and 12 of them tested positive um, from a rapid test. So once they take a rapid test, they go in and take another more uh, accurate test, and he actually um, was negative on that. So he needs one more negative because he is vaccinated, but I'm kind of doubtful they're going to play him anyways with uh, them being on bye next week, give him an extra week um, to get healthy. Um, but if he does pass you know, or gets another positive or another negative, excuse me, on his next COVID test, technically he could still play this week, but I doubt
1: it. Yeah, with the, with the ankle injury too, and the bye week coming up, you have the the two philosophies: either give him two more weeks to rest, or um, what I was hearing with that type of ankle injury, you can let him play. Um, and and then you'll have that whole extra week to see how the recovery goes, to see if there's extra swelling or any extra setbacks and still potentially be ready for the week 12 when they come back or uh, the, the week after their bye week where, where they're playing again and he could be still fully functional there. Uh, so I don't know what route they were going to take. Um, they have shown some improvement. They're playing better football. Um, I don't know if they're trying to go all in and try to – make a statement this year or if they're going to try to rest him again for the rest of the year, but it seems like there's too much football left to play to just bench him. So. Sounds like just pay attention
0: to see what happens uh, the next couple days. If you if he does become active and you need to play him and he is active, play him. Myself, the league I have him in, I don't have to play him, so I will probably keep him on the bench myself. Yeah. But. Totally understandable if he's active and you play him. Um, Just I wouldn't expect a 100% healthy game from him. Christian McCaffrey, uh, very limited at practice, but back at practice. Uh, Coach Rule said they were just trying to begin the process of working him back, which doesn't sound great for him to play. Um, But it also is Christian McCaffrey. He's done a lot of things where he comes back a lot sooner than you would think. Uh, have you heard anything? Do you think he's going to play
1: this week? Um, so, yeah, it, it sounded to me like, again, they were, they were trying to work him back in, but with the nature of this hamstring injury and um, how they attempted to do it a few weeks ago before he, he went on IR, um, just to see the setback, they're approaching it way different this time. It's not quite explosive drills or, um, you know, strength conditioning stuff. They're they're really just trying to ease him back into, like, the body motions of football again. Um he doesn't. He, he's not the type of player to me who really seems to need any of like the um, basic functions back uh, to be an outstanding player. It all seems very natural and fluid to him. So if, if they're working him back and they're just checking for soreness after that, that's what they're really going to be looking at to see if there's any physical setbacks after the light work that he's putting in. Um, because that's what happened last time they were they were letting him run drills and everything like that and then the the physical aspect of the injury uh, re-emerged pretty significantly after uh, the first really big hard day of practice so I think they're keeping a closer eye on on that type of it
0: yeah that's what it appears like to me David Montgomery he is eligible to come off the IR but they're actually gonna keep him on IR um, the Bears also have their bye next week, so I think it's a good idea to keep him on the IR for another week. And Khalil Herbert's actually been running pretty well, so why not? Why not give him an extra week to get healthy, have him come back for the fantasy playoff push, have him come back and, and be healthy, ready to go. Yeah, hopefully. So next we're going to talk about something regrettable, something that we either did or, if the player did, made a bad, bad choice in our lineups. We need a good name for it though. You know, I was thinking maybe like a walk of shame, you know, if you're out drinking and the next day you you regret it. But if you have a name that you think would fit a segment about something regrettable, hit us up on email. It's fantasyondraft at gmail.com. That's D-R-A-U-G-H-T. Uh, hit us up. Fantasyondraft at gmail.com. Let us know what, you know if you have a name for a segment of, of something regrettable, but I had some regrettable stuff this week. I played Kenneth Gainwell because it was his time to shine. Yeah. He was ready to go. Miles Sanders is on IR. They have Scott <laughs> Bart? No. Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Scott. Bart. Bart Scott was a linebacker. Boston Scott and they brought Jordan Howard yeah, back yeah. from the trash heap. So Gainwell's time to shine. Yeah. I played him over Michael Carter who's also known as RB1 this week. That was not good. I also played Antonio Gibson with his eight carries versus 11 carries for Jarrett Patterson and 11 touches for JD McKissick. Both were bad, bad plays on on both my parts. And the one league, luckily I played Gainwell. I had enough points to win. My other league where I played Antonio Gibson, I I did not. He killed me.
1: Yeah, dude. the Gainwell thing is just fucking baffling to me still. like, Somebody worded it perfectly where they were looking for him to fill the Miles Sanders role, and he has. Like, he did. It. <laughs> like, like, Miles Sanders has been a huge disappointment this year so far, and, and Kenneth Gainwell absolutely has. And then the second running back on that team who, at the beginning of this game, was you know, Boston Scott, does has flashes. Boston Scott and, and Jordan Howard both scored two touchdowns each. And Kenneth Gainwell basically had one touch until the fourth quarter, and um, it, it it sucks because he's a talented player. You can see it on the field. I, f- fuck Philly! Like I'm, I'm like for real. Like everything about that team just pisses me off this year. Um, so I feel your pain on that one because I started him a couple leagues too. Uh, I made one of those stupid decisions. Um, sort of with my heart but there was some analysis behind it as well i played mike williams who's a very good player he's in the uh i think he's a wide receiver six this year so I, it's not a bad thing to start mike williams but normally i would have had amari cooper in that position and um i switched uh, mike williams in at the last minute because um the, the Dak prescott news you know Dak was out thought Amari Cooper would take a hit for that. The Vikings have the fifth overall defense. And then with Mike Williams' matchups, the, the Patriots' defense aren't horrible, but their red zone defense is horrible. So I was hoping for some uh, you know, red zone catches and touchdowns for, for Mike Williams going against the 22nd second, second, uh, red zone defense. And uh, figured maybe after a bye week they would make sure to scheme Mike Williams back in because he was kind of taking a background seat uh, lately and figured that this would be his time um, but, no, he got, you know, one catch again, and Amari Cooper uh, went off for 27 uh, points, and that, that absolutely cost me a victory in two different leagues. I did the same decision in two leagues, and um, it sucks when you make the wrong decision, even if you have some stats to, to back it up and everything like that. But, yeah, fucking Amari Cooper.
0: Yeah, the the Cooper-to-Cooper Cooper connection was, was definitely there, but I agree with Dak out. You know that's a hard call to make. I just think it's nice that your team is set up well enough where you have to decide if you want to play Mike Williams or Amari Cooper. Yeah, that team's well done there. You got you got (laughs) some good players. Normally, most people want to, you know, don't have that and they have to play both studs no matter what. Dak's out, it's okay. I still have to play him, but good for you. You know, it's the thing we always we have a couple guys that we play fantasy with and that we're, you know, teaching the game for lack of better terms but that's what we've been telling them recently is you know if you make the right call though if you know Dak's out you know playing a second stream quarterback that has very little NFL experience and you have another guy that has a good matchup and a good quarterback you know make that play and then you know you made the right decision you know to always second guess yourself you know puts you in a way where then you start second-guessing this call and start second-guessing that call. But when we sit here and we second-guess ourselves and then make the call at the last minute, it always hurts. Yeah, It is, it is a walk of shame. Yeah, exactly. Let's get into this week's question of the week. Um, do you, it's a two-part. Do you play in any leagues that lock their waivers? and or add drops either at playoff time or even a few weeks before? And if you do, how do you deal with it?
1: Um, So I I don't... I I looked at this kind of more as like a trade deadline than than locking up waivers or uh, add drops. Um, Because, no, I'm not in any specific leagues where you can no longer make any roster movements. Like, you can't drop or pick up. um, Because that would be... I don't see the point in making that decision in a league. That doesn't add anything to the enjoyment of the league Um, because, you know, with that amount of time, um, you know, like right when you hit the playoffs, if if an injury happens and you can't kind of maneuver around the waiver wire, that that sucks, and that's all just a random point of luck. So uh, I'm not in any leagues where they lock... Um, down ad drops or they lock like you can't you can't pick up waivers or anything like that during the playoffs. Um, I am in somewhere the trade, de- the trade deadline's a little bit earlier. Uh, it's, you know, week 10 is the trade deadline in my All-Reds league. And um, that just makes it so you have five weeks basically until the playoffs. Playoffs start in week 15. And that, that puts your bye weeks into a really big spotlight because you know you won't need to fill those... Positions for like a Alvin Kamara or a Eckler or somebody with a bench stash. At that point, you know they're going to be locked into your lineup, so you can dump anything, anybody that you were planning on stashing to start them in their bye weeks, and then um, also that far ahead, you have some other teams that are out of it. You can you can use second tier players to try to trade for that top tier player, knowing that you can just ride them for the rest of the season. You know, like a DJ Moore or like a CD Lamb who isn't you know blowing the world up right now but has this huge name value you can pair him with like a Mixon or somebody like that two very very good players um to get like a jonathan taylor who's the now that henry's up the number one rb in in fantasy this year or um cooper cup even you know you compare two very good second tier assets to to maximize those positions on your team for the rest of the season, knowing you're not going to have to try to screw around with a bye week, and then you can use your your bench spots to try to you know screw over your your other league mates during playoff time. You can yeah. you can grab uh, you know a a defense that you know is going to be great during the playoffs, or you can grab a player you know that they're going to need during the playoffs, a, a quarterback that they're trying to if if you're going against people that stream quarterbacks, which Is an awesome strategy you can go try to snatch up two or even three quarterbacks just to keep them away from the opponent that you're going to be going with if you don't need to stash those bench spots because you've already maximized your starting lineup um so that's kind of how i do it that's yeah it makes sense i am um in a league it's an
0: online league it's actually the biggest online league in the (laughs) history of leagues but in that league everything locks at week 12 which is the the playoffs for that league everything locks zero pickups you know no more ads no more drops no more trades everything is locked i also played in a league many many years ago uh down when i lived in davis that was the same thing at i think it was week 11 or something like that everything just locked and you had to i don't know why Uh, I don't know why the commissioner uh, did that league. Maybe someone could reach out to us on Duke Hall. and uh, (laughs) let us know. Um, Also, actually, I'm interested to know if you guys still do it that way. Um, Let me know. But yeah, it was the same thing. Everything locked. You couldn't add. You couldn't drop. And I don't know the reason behind it, but you definitely had to know it and you had to be prepared. And I would just, what I did for that and what I will do for the league I'm in this year is I'm picking up a second defense, I'm picking up probably a second kicker, um, definitely a backup quarterback. Um, you know, losing some of my wide receiver and running back depth, which I would usually, you know, try to have mostly, you know, and especially in redraft, you know, you have one quarterback, one tight end, one kicker. When everything locks, it's it's a tough call, you know, to, to not have some depth. But when your defense all of a sudden up is going up against Tampa Bay or the Chiefs or something like that, you want to have one to be able to pivot to. When your tight end all of a sudden has a broken thumb, it's if you don't have those things ready to go, you get stuck with holes in your lineup in the playoffs, and, and it's, it's tough to do. Um, I would highly recommend to not do this in your leagues. Yeah. In our leagues, even, we don't. We don't trade deadline until playoffs start. Yeah, uh, we we run our trade deadline all the way up till playoffs, and in our dynasty leagues, there the trade deadlines or the trades are off for three weeks, just the playoffs. That's it, and then it goes right back and gets open. We enjoy the movement. That we enjoy being able to. Uh, pick guys up if you need it. I think yeah. it's the same thing. We run all our leagues. We run daily waivers where you have to put fab on. But on Sundays, we turn them off. Sunday is free pickup day. We don't want you to have a hole in your lineup that because you couldn't pick somebody up, we just think that's not the way to play.
1: Yeah, and the movement of you, of of players in fantasy is, like, the, the best part of it. You you want to stay active and and look at how... You can utilize the player's value in a specific league. Like Camara um, in one league has more value than Camara in a different league because um, there are certain teams that are going to target him more for a playoff run, or there are certain uh, teams that would let him go away for for cheaper because they know their season's done and they're just trying to stick it to whoever, whatever. Um, but the the fact that you wouldn't let any movement happen on. Um, on, on rosters, it, it it doesn't seem to have a point to me. Now, the one we're talking about, the Megalobull, I see that because that's thousands and thousands of teams. And if you um, – so you're going to be going against people who might have three of the same players as you. Um, so there has to be those different type of cutoffs and, and different um, avenues of advantage uh, in that type of thing. But if it's just like a normal 12, 10 – team uh, league i don 't know why you would want to lock down waivers and, and lock down your rosters at such a such an earlier point in the season yeah it seems it almost seems lazy to me.
0: It seems like guys don't want to spend the last couple of weeks doing their research, looking through the waiver wire, looking through it they 're just like, well it 's locked. all I have is what I have, so here we go. it just doesn 't seem doesn't seem fun to me.
1: And why would you waste, like, it, we only have, what, 16, 17 weeks of, like, our favorite time of year. Why would you want to handicap any of that?
0: I know. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's why we got into Dynasty. It's why we try to bring people into Dynasty. Give yourself the whole year. Yeah, yeah. This week's show is brought to you by Burgers and Brew in Chico, California. This fine establishment has hands down the best burgers in town and has 64 beers on tap. Come check them out at 301 Broadway Street, Chico, California. They have a great happy hour from three to six Monday through Friday, with dollar off beers and some great food specials, including two dollar tacos. Once again, that's Burgers and Brew, Chico, California. Come on by, say hi to the both of us. Good chance one of us will be here. All right, man. Let's get into the six pack of the week. We're gonna we're gonna talk some obscure stats, some kind of crazy NFL stats. Let's let's get into some stuff that the fun part of of stats. You know, usually we're trying to crunch numbers to find out which cornerback covers which guy and on home when they're on the right side of the field does this or does that. But let's let's go over some of the fun stuff, stuff that's fun to talk about and give you a laugh. You got some?
1: You got you got a good stat for me? We'll we'll just go one 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 one. We'll sure. get through the six pack that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, And this is like my favorite part about like you, you go through stats and everything, and every now and then you'll just do a double take and you're like, wait, that can't be. F- fucking true and like this is my favorite part about football even like just scrolling through Twitter or wherever and you'll just see some crap pop up and it just sticks in your head and and it it makes you giggle uh, a bit so um, this one it's for this year right now like um, I was reading uh, that Hawkinson he's got 64 targets through eight games and he doesn't have a single drop of a catchable pass this year at all. It's 62 targets for a tight end, zero drops. Didn't um, didn't he lead the tight ends and drops last year? Or yeah. Close <laughs> <to> <laughs> well, it? That was the thing. So, um, yeah, hashtag improvement. He's worked on that. He's worked on, um, securing that ball in the air and, and getting it to his body and getting, what is it? Two feet down in a football motion to, to make a catch out of it. Um, so he, uh, uh, he, he's figured it out. And, and the reason why this stat stuck out to me is because when you're looking at targets, um, you, you can have somebody getting targeted all, all they want in the world. You can be the number one target for your team. But if you're dropping 30% of those passes, right. even if you still keep getting targeted because you're the only option, that's not going to translate into fantasy points. And if you're in a tight end premium and a little two-yard pass, is a catch that's damn near two points for your team right it, and if he's getting targeted he's on pace for 140 targets and if he's catching all those passes that are catchable to him you're looking at a fucking stud he only has two touchdowns on the year and he's still the the tight end six on the league um and then actually he's a tight end three for tight end premium so it, it, those receptions translate into a point so if you got a tight end who's going to catch a ball That's what you want. So I was looking up that, and that just made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's that's great, especially through some of the stuff he went
0: through last year. My first stat, um, looking at last year, the Browns running back Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they became just the second pair of teammates to have 1,100 yards from scrimmage. each. Each had 1,100 yards, and each had 11 touchdowns. Um, the guys are just studs. It's been a bummer to have Kareem Hunt sitting out the games this year. Nick Chubb actually sat out a couple games. Yeah. Um, but those guys are both fun to own. I actually own both of them in a league. And uh, all we- every week, I'm like, I don't know, same guys from the same team. And then at the end of the day, it's always a fun day. Yeah. Um, the other pair uh, was some of our favorites, the 2017 Saints, Kamara and Ingram. Who uh, happened to just join back together this week?
1: So that's great. Yeah, they got the band back together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your second? Um, so uh, again, this one will go to to drops because that's what I was looking up this week. I was looking up catch percentage and everything like that. So um, Alan Robinson, who has had a dog shit year this year. Everybody, I, can you think of a bigger bust in fantasy this year than Alan Robinson? No. A bigger heartbreak, man. Because up until, up until this year, he was quarterback-proof, and he's had some dog shit quarterbacks. Um, started his career with Blake Bortles, and he had Trubisky, who wasn't the most accurate. Uh, he had Nick Foles, and we're talking starter Nick Foles, not the backup, who's like the king of the world and is just the best quarterback in history when he comes off the bench. But as a starter, he's not that great. Um, so looking back, Allen Robinson has not dropped a red zone pass. Uh, since week six of 2016, that's Jesus, <laughs> the Obama administration was still going on. There like, that's five- Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Obama. Way to fucking go. Um, that's how good he is. He's a, he's an excellent receiver. He's a fucking excellent receiver. And it, it's heartbreaking to see what's happening this year. Um, it's his. Quality of targets. He's getting missed. I don't know. Um, they put a little um, collage together on uh, the Dynasty Nerds that they posted of Allen Robinson being like alone and not getting the pass. Like nobody within five yards of him. Five yards, not five feet. That's a huge fucking window in the NFL, and he's not getting. He's not getting the ball thrown to him. Uh, so it sucks, man.
0: Yeah, I saw a stat that he's averaging three catches for 33 yards this yes. year, which is. Not bad, uh by the way, you just you failed to mention it, but his last drop uh, in the red zone,
1: who was it against? Oh yeah, it was against the Chicago Bears, a team that he's been on for quite some time now, <laughs> so it's kind of ironic there that is a great stat, and it does just
0: go to show how great of a receiver he has been and Man, this season's rough. I just traded for him in a dynasty league, but it didn't cost me much. It cost me Corey Davis and a second or third, I think. And, and I'm just hoping that next year – actually, I'm hoping this year they'll get a little more figured out. But then going into next year, they'll be, they'll be ready to go. Yeah. My second stat, the Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers does not have a touchdown. He's played for three seasons, he has 190 targets, he has 130 receptions for over 1,500 yards and no touchdowns. Yeah, that's insane. But he's four for four with 88 yards passing and has thrown two <laughs> touchdowns. Right. He's also caught three <laughs> two-point conversions. But can't get into the end zone for a touchdown.
1: <laughs> Kill it everywhere else, man.
0: <laughs> I was driving this week, I was driving this week, and I was listening to uh, fantasy radio on XM. And a guy, I don't, I wish I knew who their announcer was, I don't remember, but he was like, you know, they were talking about something, and he like stopped. And he's like, oh, man, we're witnessing history, we're witnessing history. Jacoby Myers just caught a touchdown. <laughs> and his co host is like, ugh. <laughs> That's a two-point conversion. And he's like, what? He's like, I just looked up, but on the TV, I saw him catching a ball in the end zone. And his co-host was like, no, that's a two-point conversion.
1: Yeah, it's like one of those things where you're playing like a video game, and you're like, I wonder if I can beat this whole game without passing to my wide receiver a touchdown. And that, that seems what's going on. I'll do the two-point conversion. I'll have right. him throw one. I'll do everything except for, like, the one. It, it Maybe he's trying to earn one of those uh, Xbox badges, you know? We'll see. Maybe one of these weeks he'll come out and he'll have five. You know that's what's going to happen. I was just going to say, you know he's going to make up for it all in, like, one game. And then he'll go back to, to not catching touchdowns for the rest of the year. He'll get, he'll get five in a game. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll uh, give you my third one here. Um, so... I'll just uh, – we'll do it this way. So um, what if I told you you had a running back who is 12th in snaps and 14th in overall targets for starting running backs this year? I'd be happy with that. You'd be happy with that, right? That'd, that'd be, you know – Top you'd running have, back. Top running back. You'd, you'd make sure he's in your starting lineup every week. Um, but that's Mike Davis, and he ends up being 40th Ooh. in total points. 40th um, is on your bench, non-startable, droppable even though the utilization is up in the top-tier running backs. Um, and I couldn't figure out why Mike Davis sucks so bad, so I was trying to look it up, and it's, there's no real correlation. I don't know what happened to his vision. The O-line um, on the plays that I was watching seemed to be giving him some holes. He's just missing them. I don't know if he's overthinking stuff, but he's getting targeted. That's what we thought was going to happen when he took over uh, the Christian McCaffrey role last year. He was catching passes. We thought that's why the Falcons brought him in. Um, so he's getting targeted, and he's getting the snaps. He's just not doing anything with them. And um, I think my, part of it might be Cordell Patterson, who's just... He's having he's, a good season. Yeah, he's, I think, uh, PFF second-rated uh, running back with catch percentage behind Eckler, um, and... and you know, he's doing all the stuff that they thought Mike Davis would do, but now with Calvin Ridley being out and Cordell Patterson maybe taking more of that wide receiver role, I'm hoping to see Mike Davis be a, something you can use this year because I picked him up off of waiver wires in two redraft leagues. But that was just a shocking stat to me that he's that high up in u- uh, usage and just doing nothing with it.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer. I did hear that their coach's staff saying that they do want to get him the ball more. Um, But I don't know how you get him more than that with such low, you know. Yeah. If he's not getting the yards, he's not getting the touchdowns, he's not doing it. They're already giving him the ball a lot. Yeah, if
1: he's already getting it and not doing anything with it, why would you keep giving him more? But hopefully they do. Hope so.
0: Yeah, that's tough. All right. I will get right into my third stat. Um, I actually purposely left this one off our show doc because I like it so much I wanted you to hear it Live. Okay. So my final stat is most receiving yards after somebody turns 40 years old. Okay? All right. So Jerry Rice, number one, played forever, greatest wide receiver of all time. Jerry Rice has 2,509 yards after turning 40. That's big. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Um, number two... Um, is somebody that I've talked quite a bit about on this podcast. Um, the number
1: two leading receiver after <laughs> turning 40 years old is Tom Brady. <laughs> right. I, just, I got where you were. So I was beating my head against the wall here, like how many other fucking players have you even played over 40? Never mind wide receivers. And it just clicked. Oh, that son of a bitch is probably caught. Like <laughs> Tom Brady has six <laughs>
0: receiving yards after turning 40. In third place. Oh, there's a third? Yeah, yeah. Um, you and I at zero.
1: Oh, sweet. I'm right there with Tom Brady, baby. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: in um, last place is our friend Brett Favre with negative <laughs> two. Negative two. What
1: a loser.
0: So, yeah, Jerry Rice, 2,500. Tom Brady, six. Everyone except Brett Favre, zero. Damn. And Brett Favre, negative two. Yeah, that's a that's a fun stat, man. Um, we did have we were kind of talking about it yesterday, and we had talked about bringing it up at some point, but I'm just going to bring it up now. Sure. Um, Which Hall of Fame player caught Brett Favre's first career completion? Yeah. Are we going to leave
1: that up to people to write in? Yeah, let's do it. Let's leave it up. If you know the
0: answer, send it to us. Fantasy at draft at gmail.com. Send us who
1: you think it is, and we'll reveal it next week. Yeah, I'll tell you what, first person to get it right in the email, I'll give you a bottle of KBS.
0: Boom. There There you go.
1: Sweet. All right, man.
0: We've finished our beer of the day. (laughs) We just got through a six pack. We got the buzz on. What's, what's got us buzzed for fantasy this year? What, what's got you excited? What,
1: it's that time of year. What's something that you're just happy about? So the way we wrote this up in the show doc is I said I was piggybacking off of yours. Um, oh, you want me to go first? Well, I was going to say I could just steal all your thunder right now, or, or you could go first. Either way. I'll go first. All right, perfect.
0: All right, the thing that's got me buzzed for fantasy right now is young wide receivers in the league. Yeah. The, the young wide receivers right now are just amazing. We've had some guys that have been around a long time and are starting to kind of, you know, get over that. Julio Jones is, uh, you know, obviously past his prime and getting hurt a lot. DeAndre Hopkins is still in his prime, but you can see that he's getting up there. You know, just guys that have been around forever that have been great, have been Hall of Fame players, We're just starting to see the tail end of their career creep in. And now these young guys that are coming in, I mean, I I listed a bunch of my favorites here. (laughs) Jamar Chase, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman. I mean, those guys are all becoming alphas. They're all just already demanding the ball. Yards after catch, I mean, it is so fun to watch. Uh, we play a lot of Dynasty, so in Dynasty, you get a wide receiver that's going to be on your team for 8 to 10 years, and you just get to sit there and enjoy it. Um, but in redraft, these guys are all doing great, too. I mean, A.J. Brown, if you've had him on your team the whole year, he started off rough, but his last couple games have been Killing really good. It. Killing, Killing it. Killing it. Killing it. I mean, some of these guys, him and Debo Samuel, are both catching balls five yards from the line and taking them 75 yards to the house while Debo stepped out. But, I mean, (laughs) it's just we are in a highlight time of young wide receivers right now, and and I'm excited.
1: I I love it. Yeah, I mean, you've got – do you know Debo's average yards per game right now? Uh, I, I know it's over 100, it's but I don't know. It's 117 yards a game. Jeez. Okay. Average, yeah, right? Love it. Yeah, and then you've got Jamar Chase, who I, I think is still like the number six wide receiver on the, on yeah, the year. Yeah, he is. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, you just watch that dude play. You know he's going kind to of kill it. A.J. Brown, same thing. Watch him play. Justin Jefferson, is, he's not having – as good of a a season as the historical rookie season he had last year, but he's still in the top 12 wide receiver. It's just fun to see. And then, yeah, Michael Pittman I'm super fucking pumped about because – These last couple weeks have been his coming out. Oh, yeah, and that's what we were hoping to see as a rookie. There there was a lot of, like, hot takes where it was like, dude, you can see Michael Pittman actually finishing as the wide receiver one out of all the wide receivers last year, and that was a draft class with Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb. Like, there was – there was some insane talent last year and people were putting Pittman right up there at the top of it. So to see him get the trust of Wentz and to see him just like bully people out there on the field, I didn't realize how big of a dude he was, but he will straight up moss you. Like he'll reach over your head and grab it. Yeah. 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 And um, so it's super fun to see him kind of getting in that same tier of wide receivers that, that are just going to be, you know, hopefully everyday names in the NFL for the next, yeah, five to 10 years. Um, so uh, I'll piggyback off that. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm super pumped about the young running backs, man. Uh, oh, yeah. there, there's, there's a great part about the NFL where you can see some amazing things on the field and then those players decline and they replenish in a way where it seems like every generation they're getting more talented, faster, stronger, and um, they can do more. So, so two of my favorite... Um, Young running backs right now is Najee Harris, who it seemed like such a bland pick for me because in college, of course he was going to be the number one running back coming out. Of course he was going to be great, but you always have that um, threat of Fournette. That rhymes, and I didn't do that on purpose. Where you you just have this historical. Um, college player who's coming out and just doesn't pan off in the NFL right away. But Najee Harris, he's uh, top three in the NFL in touches, uh, both receiving and it's translated into the number five running back. He's getting all the work there in Pittsburgh. There's no nobody taking any of his work at all. Um, And then uh, on the other side, you've got DeAndre Swift, who I I loved coming out of college. Um, He has that rare type of uh, ability to be an insane uh pass catching running back uh he's like the six rated pass blocking running back so he gets to stay on the field for third down and he's just he's shifty so you can hand the ball to him too and he's going to break it off he's he's the number five running back on the year and he's I still don't think he's reached anywhere near what his potential is no no I I, I agree with that yeah I think I think this could be one of those seasons where you're starting to see glimpses of it and by the end of the season or even next season um, he's going to be up in those top three redraft running backs that you're trying to take. And then you got Jonathan Taylor, who's, like I said, now that Henry's gone, he's the, the running back one. That dude is just fucking – he's another bully. You watch him just push people over on the field, he's, he's nowhere near Derrick Henry, but holy crap, that dude's a monster. Yeah,
0: he's a stud. It's, it's fun to watch him. You know, at the beginning of last year, it wasn't all clicking but yeah. since about this time last year and already into this year you can just see him just everything makes sense he's hitting yeah. the hole fast running through it and he's even catching big plays this year yeah too.
1: yeah so he's he's getting he's getting the pass work yeah but he's decisive with the ball i think that's what was happening last it, year yeah. he he was uh, he was hesitating he was like looking for a hole where it was like dude you know where you got to go just get there and the in the in the nfl like you hear this all the time that the, the game is so fast Instead of looking for a hole to go through, you just run towards where you know the hole is supposed to be. And then a millisecond before you get there, your O-line should open that up for you. Right. And that's what he's doing now. He's running straight through these like tiny gaps and just <laughs> ripping them off for 50 yards. And uh, it's fun to watch. And then you got Michael Carter. I mean, number number one running back last year, last week he's already talking about trying to get himself a gold jacket. Love, <laughs> <laughs> love the enthusiasm, man. Put a couple games together first. I think he's capable of doing it. But I mean, I'm 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 stoked to see I'm stoked to see what these guys do. I'm really excited for the for the NFL the next couple of years, man. Yeah, yeah, and you
0: know even J.K. Dobbins, you know he got hurt right. this year and he's right. out, but I'm excited to see what he does when he comes back next year. Hopefully he can come back healthy and and we can see some of the glimpses that we mm-hmm. saw from him last year. Same and with Akers, if he can come true. back from Acres, that Achilles, yeah. man, yeah. Like. And even, you know, I'm still, I'm still a fan of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't oh, yeah. think he's as explosive as a lot of these guys listed, but I think he does a lot for that offense, mm-hmm. and uh,
1: I, I'm excited to get him back as well. Well, shit, too. And then Daryl Henderson, he's only in his oh, third geez. year. He's, like, yeah. he's leading the NFL. Uh, well, he's leading running backs right now in touchdowns and pace of touchdowns, so it's, I mean, he's on pace for 20 touchdowns.
0: He's... Better than Sam Darnold? Barely. <laughs> All right, man. We got our buzz on. Now we're drunk. Let's get into the drunken trade of the week.
1: <laughs> you had to be drunk to send this fucking one
0: out. It's brought to you by <laughs> at bad fantasy football trades on Facebook. It's a page we started because we want to see the trash. We want to see when you get an offer that's just awful. We want you to post it and we want to talk about it. And this one is
1: awful. Yeah. I- I think I saw this one right after we got done recording last week, and I was like, it's not going to get better than this yeah, one. Yeah, I, <laughs> was, I was looking
0: through the page for something for us to do, and I saw you had tagged us. I was like, all right, let's do it. So this guy, um, he has his name crossed out, so we don't know what his name is, but he <laughs> is receiving uh, Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait is a tight end for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. He probably has one or two good catches on the year. Um I guess maybe he was the number two tight end for a little bit while O.J. Howard was still coming back. Yeah,
1: yeah, that we were debating that. Like, he's, he's the number three tight end. He's the number three and, tight end. And, you know, over the years, he he is a, a elderly statesman. I think he's pushing 30, and he's had games every now and then where he'll catch a touchdown. A touchdown, yeah. exactly. And, you know, maybe a couple passes. Um, so you can't value that too much. What did this guy value Menzies?
0: Yeah, so this guy was giving up Cameron Braid. He was like, you know what, you take Cameron Bray. Mm-hmm. And in return, you just give me Darren Waller. Oh, well, that's I mean, just perfectly quick, quick reasonable. Tight end, yeah. Quick tight end switch. Yeah, I mean, right? they're
1: basically the same player. And I mean, like,
0: Derek Waller, I mean, he was out a week, and
1: then he's on bye. So I mean, what are you, you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's two weeks you're missing. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's probably got to sink him way down to about the same ranking anyway, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So we looked, <laughs> we checked, and it looks like Waller is tight end eight through his six games that he's played. And Cameron Brait is tight end 45 with eight games <laughs> yeah, played. Because he sucks, dude. This is so bad. <laughs> he's this a good blocking so tight end. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what really do you have? Like, what is going on that you're like, you know what? If I give up Cameron Brait with nothing get, else.
1: I bet you I can get Wallace. Well, yeah, he's, he's on Indian. by. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what you got. You got alcohol poisoning because you got to be drunk (laughs) as shit to send that out. Like, it's probably one of those things where you're watching the game and you're like, man, I really want Darren Waller because he's a fucking stud. He's top three still in in tight ends, dynasty tight ends. I don't give a shit. Like, he's he's a game breaker. He is an advantage, like, (laughs) at, at that position right there with Kelsey Gronk back in the day. Dude is the focal point for targets on that team. And then you're going to give them the number three tight end on an offense that has three number one wide receivers, a running back that catches the ball, Gronk, O.J. Howard, and you'll just... Well,
0: I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here real quick, okay? I'm just going to use your own words, <laughs> and I'm going to flip it a little bit here. Okay. So what you just said was that I'm trying to get the number three wide receiver... Or, sorry, tight end in Darren Waller. And you're trying to give me the number three wide receiver on Tampa Bay. Dang it, tight end. The number three tight end on Tampa Bay. So it sounds like it's number three for number three. three I mean, that sounds
1: pretty fair to me. You know what I'm sold? Fuck it. Bring him. (laughs) So then it just goes down to quarterback. So, you know, Tom Brady's better than Carr. So I guess, yeah, Brady's a win, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. That's got to be it. Play calling, too. I mean, all the way around. I'm sold. I'm offering this trade right now. You know, Give me I, th- break. I, I feel like we have to edit this out. This is actually a pretty damn good trade now. <laughs> <laughs> this, this doesn't belong on bad trades anymore. <laughs> all right, man. We talked it into it. You're off the hook. You sent a decent trade. Fucking dog shit. <laughs> Don't hate yourself in the morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, no, that's, that's so bad. That so bad.
0: Uh, we're gonna just quickly get through some matchups that we think you can take advantage of for this week's uh, this week's games. I took a little different route route route. I don't know. I took a little different path this time. Uh, lately, we've been doing games that we think are gonna be good. I kind of went some players that I thought had good matchups or good game scripts that we could um, that we could take advantage of. That's a really good call. Um, I was looking, Stephon Diggs, uh, he finally got in the end zone last week. I think normally you would say, yeah, Stephon Diggs, one of the top wide receivers, so that's a dumb call. But he actually has been kind of rough. He, he's not the, the wide receiver five like he had been wide receiver four he's been a he's been a little bit lower but uh, I think that trend the touchdown trend will continue and I think he'll be a top wide receiver again and they're playing the the lowly ass Jaguars yeah so I think he has a, a chance to get in um I also think Josh Jacobs uh I think that Las Vegas is going to rely on him a little bit more this week uh with everything else they got going on in the franchise um I think he can get it done, they're playing the Giants. Um, I think that they've started to throw him the ball a little bit more than they had in years past and um, I'm just not as big of a Drake believer as I used to be. I think that Josh Jacobs can get it done. Um, At tight end this week, I got Tyler Conklin, he's the Vikings tight end. Really? I'm just putting him in here because I need him to be good. <laughs> I'm playing him in a couple Love of places. Love the honesty, man. I'm <laughs> playing him in a couple places that I have uh, Hawkinson on by and I think he was my, he was my best bet though. Looking at it, I think that he's been uh, He's been included in the offense. I think he can catch a few balls. He's been getting five, six targets a game, and for tight end, that that can help you out. You know, you get five, six targets, you get you know four or five catches. You can get in the 50, 60 yards, and then I fingers crossed that he's gonna catch a touchdown this week. That'll that'll really help me out. I feel like he really did his job. If I can if I can get that, I am worried. A tough matchup this week. I'm worried about Kyle Pitts. Um, I think there's a pretty strong possibility that he could and probably should uh, get shadowed by uh, Lattimore this week. Um, you know, without other wide receivers for Atlanta, um, he's their best wide receiver. And if he gets shadowed, uh, he is talented enough to make it through that. But as a rookie, I think it'll be tough for for him to to do that. So I. Obviously, in a lot of leagues, Kyle Pitts is your only tight end. You're going to play him. I understand it. Just temper your expectations a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I think with um, Kyle Pitts the tight end, he could still see success against, against a cornerback like Lattimore. Um, he's got the huge height advantage. He's incredibly athletic. He doesn't know to be intimidated by Lattimore in, in any way, shape, or form. But if you're looking at him to put up like wide receiver numbers, which we've kind of been looking at the last couple weeks, then that could be a disappointment. But as far as a tight end, I still think he can have an incredibly solid tight end game, which would just be five receptions for 60 yards, maybe a touchdown. uh, But that's that's definitely a very serviceable tight end. So I could see it being kind of disappointing if you're looking at uh, for one of those huge games. Um, But I want to kind of go back and talk about the the Josh Jacobs ones, which I love um, because. Coming out of college, we all expected him. It, it, part of his skill set was catching the ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, And for sure. it's been so fucking frustrating not seeing him get the passing work. And uh, the first week without Gruden as the, the coach, he sees his season high in receptions, season high in, in yards receiving. It's just under 40 yards receiving. Yeah. It's only three receptions, but, I mean, he was getting like one, two, two, one... Uh, uh, targets before that. He did have five targets against the Chargers in week four, but it didn't translate into a whole bunch. So I'm hoping... I'm hoping he's going to start getting that utilization because I, I've always liked him as a talent and he's another one who's been kind of disappointing this year. So, you know, yeah. hopefully they can, they can get going with that. And then, yeah, the, uh, Stefan Diggs, he's just got to start finding the end zone again, man. That's what was getting him there last year. He was getting all those touchdowns. I don't know if it's Emmanuel Sanders this year, getting those big explosive plays because Stephon Diggs is getting the double coverage. Um, and Josh Allen is a smart quarterback that's looking for the right coverage, but I'm hoping Stephon Diggs really goes through too. Um, I went um, back with uh, just a whole game, and uh, it, it it did kind of suck. I, I'll be honest. I was kind of scrambling around at the end here to um, uh, th- put, put the matchup together, and I had it in my head all week that it was going to be the Packers and the Chiefs. You got Mahomes and right. Aaron Rodgers uh, running their offenses incredibly well. Uh, you got the Chiefs, who are ranked number 29 in defense, so Aaron Rodgers can pick that apart. Um, you've got Mahomes, and all the, the there's no defense that I still to this day, like with them having it several rough weeks, um, that I'm worried about starting Mahomes or any Chiefs offensive players against. Um, and the Packers do have a little bit of a better defense, but it's it's not like you know the old Legion of Doom, or they're gonna shut down whoever right, they play right. against. So, uh, something else also happens when you have a backup quarterback. They're gonna be starting Jordan Love. I don't know if you've noticed the trend that they throw to their second string players quite a bit because they practice with them what they're more. used to yeah exactly so they're they're used to looking for in this case i'm guessing like equinemia Tate brown or amari rogers um the the players that he's used to practicing as his wide receiver one and two and i don't think they're going to completely shut out Devontae adams or anything I, I still believe he can have a great game against this piece of shit chiefs defense but i would not be surprised if amari cooper has a very productive game Equinemius Eight Brown has a productive game. I don't know if MVS is going to be coming back for this game, but I believe he is. He was very close to playing last week, so I would assume um, he could get a couple targets as well. And then with Tanya now, I mean, Mercedes Lewis has been around forever. If, you, if, yeah. you're just, if, if you're just looking for a Hail Mary at tight end, he's either going to get you absolutely nothing or he's going to get a touchdown. Like, he, he gets touchdowns. That's what he does. Um, so that's something you can look forward to. And then, you know, for for the running back position, I mean, A.J. Dillon's a thing, dude. Like, he's, yeah, he's yeah. getting more and more touches. And I'm so relieved that it's not completely nullifying Aaron Jones because he's still catching the ball. He's still incredibly efficient with the way he's running the ball. But it's like they're going to they're going to hand off to to Aaron Jones 12 times and he's going to average 6 yards a carry and then the other 20 runs of the game they're going to give it to AJ Dillon who's just going to beat the shit out of that right, that right. line and um it translates into to to production for both running backs so i see that carrying through especially against the chiefs running defense which is ranked 25th right now so they're they're not a crazy run defense and you can have two productive running backs and especially if earlier on you know uh, Jordan Love isn't commanding that offense nobody's going to command the offense the way Aaron Rodgers Aaron does but you know if they just need to make it easier for him hand the ball off a bunch of times it can just be A.J. Dillon softening up the line so Aaron Jones and him can have an explosive fourth quarter so that's what I'm looking for in this yeah. matchup it, it can be big on both ends um, I just want the Chiefs to be the Chiefs again man. I know like, yeah. it's, like you saw Kelsey dropping passes last week you saw, you, yeah you saw Mahomes looking Pedestrian. Yeah, pedestrian. I I didn't want to say average, but, like, dude, you're Pat Mahomes. You're better than that. (laughs) Fuck. You barely beat the Giants. Oh, jeez. Did they beat the Giants? It's still up in the air. I mean, point-wise, yes, but spiritually, no.
0: One more uh, obscure NFL stat just to throw out here real quick because you brought his name up. The only first-round pick that has caught a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers' entire career, tight end Mercedes Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Guys, it's Thursday. Make sure you unflex your flex players. Move your Thursday night people out of your flex spots. Move them into wide receiver, running back, tight end, wherever you got them. You need that flexibility going into the weekend. You don't want to be stuck having to play a running back because you played your best running back in the flex spot and now you're trying to pick up some third string guy, so definitely move them. Um, we did have some uh, five-star reviews this week. We had uh, five-star reviews from Deep Hall, Fresh Hop Cinema, Jay Slaps. Dr. Green Thumb Six Three Zero and our favorite <laughs> friend of the show, BX, BS, BS, BX, BX NX, DL, BKL. Boom. Thank you guys. <laughs> we appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the five stars. It really helps people find our podcast on Apple. We are on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on SoundCloud. We appreciate the follows. We appreciate the rate and the reviews. Um, it really helps us. It helps our, our podcast so other people can find it so they can get this great information. Um, also, don't forget, you can email us. Said it a few times. on Draft at Gmail. Let us know if you have any start sit questions. If you just have any interest, you want to know more about us, shoot us an email. We'll get back to you. Anything else, Miyagi, before we get out of here? No,
1: not at all, man. I'm ready for football tonight. Hell yeah. Fucking a good game. Later. Peace out. is...